This is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And And this this is is The Art Art of of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. Well, hey, Uncle Brad. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. This is one of my favorites now, Jules. Really? Wow. The shoe is now on the other foot. God, it feels good to hear it from you, not me. (laughs) Let me give you a little backstory on my love affair with the Bramble. Back when I used to do a lot of international travel for work, Mm -hmm. I was coming through London's Heathrow Airport. And in that airport is the Virgin Club, Virgin Airlines. Okay. And I tell you what, you want to know what a great airline club looks like? Go check out Heathrow's Virgin Airlines Club. It is Ooh, okay. phenomenal. Yeah. So I'm in this club and I mean, it's probably 10 a.m., maybe even 9 a.m. And they've got this awesome charcuterie board out, this wonderful breakfast spread and, and all of these other great foods. And I'm looking at the drink menu and I see Bramble. And I'm like, well, what the heck's a Bramble? And in there, it has blackberry liqueur. And right. I'm like, well, damn, if I don't like blackberries. I ordered this Bramble and it is the best looking cocktail I have ever been served in an airport. Wow. that was Your first time was in an airport with the Bramble. Totally. Yeah. And let alone like a, just a beautiful, one of the top most beautiful cocktails I was ever served, period. Wow. So from that point on- for the airport. I dig a Bramble, right? And the hard thing is, Jules, is not everybody makes them because not everybody has the creme de mure, which right. is what you need, which is a blackberry liqueur. No, that is a pain. And I, I know a lot of people will use Chambord to substitute. So, Brad, we'll keep chatting, but for those listening, for this episode, we're going to go through the Bramble. I have a riff on it that is much easier if you don't have the right ingredients. And then, Brad, you'll go into the history, of course. But our tip of the day is actually going to be how to make homemade creme de mure. So, if you want to challenge yourself and make it yourself, if you can't find it for some reason— I'm going to give you a recipe so you can make it because, man, I'll tell you, this is one of those ingredients where when you want to make this cocktail and you don't have it, oh, it's the biggest bummer. It's the biggest bummer because you can use the creme de mure in a Cur Royale, right? Well, Curel uses creme de cassis, which Ah, is actually, interestingly enough, a good substitute, an adequate substitute, I should say, for creme de mure if you don't have the creme de mure. So creme de cassis is a great substitute, also used in a Cure Royale. Mm -hmm. But at this point, I would go the other way too. If you've got creme de mure, dude, totally drop that in a little little champagne. Yeah. If anybody has ever had a Cure Royale, you know, I think actually Emily in Paris, that TV show, Brad, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've ever seen it. They had it on the show. They kind of brought a resurgence of it. But man, I'll tell you, that is fantastic. I also just love champagne cocktails. I mean, a French 75, come on. And a Cur Royale is one of those that I hadn't really took notice of before, but it's good. And it's just champagne and a splash of that creme de cassis. Let me just one more selling here on on the Bramble. Please sell me. Because, okay, Brad, 
It's not my favorite. So sell me. What? I know. You've not had a good bramble. You've not had a good bramble. I probably haven't. Period. Yeah, okay. You probably haven't. Okay. Here's the deal. It's like a gin sour mixed with a cobbler style drink. So that means it's got cobblers typically use spirit or wine and sweet and a little citrus and they're shaken and they're served over crushed ice in a goblet or a Collins glass, whereas mm-hmm. a gin sour is gin, citrus, sweet, right? Gin, lemon juice, and And I do uh, love a gin sour, yeah. So these two things come together and it makes this like elegantly balanced cocktail. Mm-hmm. You must use crushed ice for right. it to be properly balanced. Otherwise, the blackberry liqueur gets a little cloying, a little sickly sweet. But if you use the proper amounts, it's just, this thing is so balanced. And it smacks of tart lemon, that sweet blackberry and a little simple syrup in there, and then a gin base. Like it is just right square in the middle of You're balance. selling me, Brad. You're selling me. Yes, you need one of these. Perhaps made by Yaz Truly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, this sounds like something I need to bring up next time I visit because clearly I'm doing, you know what it is? I never have the creme de mire. It's hard to find. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I, I had it on hand. And I will tell you that I have been searching for creme de mire just off and on for years. Mm-hmm. And I just happened upon the right liquor store who had it. And I was like, dude, do you guys always have this? And they're like, yeah. Well, sweet. Nice. Yeah. I'm coming in from here on out. Yeah, Lindale Liquors. Shout hey. out to you. Shout out. Okay. All right. So Creme de Mure, Bramble. I'm excited to kind of hear how you make it the right way. And then I'll go out and try to find some. I have to imagine there's good brands and bad brands, right? Or is there just like only like one or two brands? Yeah, I found a brand and mm-hmm. it just happened to be great. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're going to find like Phillips making making this stuff, right? It's going to be coming in through like more of a boutique importer and those will probably be decent brands. I'm going to be honest with you, Brad, right now. I'm going to be raw. I'm going to be real. Mm-hmm. I had Chambord on its own. I don't like it. Well, it's really sweet, isn't it? And by the way, Chambord goes bad. Oh, that could have been it. I've had that baby for like, Maybe two years. Oh, yeah. No, it's time. Shiza. Okay. All right. All right. It's not going to kill you. Right. No. It just doesn't taste as good as it did when you first opened it. So creme de mure will go bad too, huh? Yeah. Don't let that stuff hang around too long. Before we get into the recipe, because I actually, I'm really excited to, to hear how you make this. Could this be batched? If you're having a brunch or if you're having a party and you want to make brambles, do you think you could make use of that? freshly open bottle and, and make it batched? Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. If you're going to batch it up because you got a bunch of people coming over and you're going to go through it all, absolutely, batch it up. If you're going to batch it up because you want to drink it throughout the week, it's not going to be the worst thing that happened to you. It's just, again, it's going to change because you're using yeah, lemon juice. And it just, after a while, just starts to change. So totally batch this thing up. And here's what I would do, and we'll talk about this in the recipe, but because you pour... Pour, <laughs> because pour, you pour the creme de mure yeah. <laughs> over the uh, crushed ice over the top. So I would just simply make these things up, like make all the liquid and then have a place for your crushed ice, right? Because mm-hmm. crushed ice is literally Central. a key component here. Yeah. And just get, the, get someplace where you can get the crushed ice going. I have a container for that. And then just have a bottle of creme de mure sitting out and then just maybe a little measuring device so people know exactly how much to put in and these drizzle it over the top. I'd totally do that. Yeah. Yeah. I just banged three of these out for my wife and her friends who are over right now. 
And you know what? You got to crush the ice. I mean, it gets- right. it's, a, it's a process. Yeah, yeah, it's a process. No, this is one, this is a fun cocktail for the week. Like it's a fun challenge cocktail. Like go out, find the creme de mur, get the crushed ice, do it right, and have a fun time sipping this cocktail over the weekend. I know I certainly will because I clearly haven't made it right the first time via Uncle Brad. So yeah. Uncle Brad, I think it's time we get into it and we learn how to make it the right way. I myself need to. All right. All right, let's do it. All right, Uncle Brad, you made claim that this is one of your favorites. So I'm going to kind of let you take the reins here and show us how to make it right uh, the first time. All right, Jules. Well, uh, let me go ahead and tell you how to uh, make this cocktail. I said it before and I'll say it again. Crushed ice must be in this cocktail. Yeah, if you don't have crushed ice, Brad is going to haunt your dreams, okay? Right. <laughs> And if you want to use a raspberry liqueur like Chambord, sorry, you might as well call it something else. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, Damn. sorry. Here's what you do. If you don't have something that makes crushed ice, go on Amazon right now, go buy yourself a Lewis bag and a mallet mm -hmm. and have that delivered to your house and you can throw ice in that thing and hammer it down and make crushed ice. You know what else you can do? You can head over to your local Sonic store and buy their Sonic crushed ice, which would probably be freaking awesome in this. Yeah, it would. Did you know you could do that? I didn't know you could do that. That's super awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because you know how they have that perfect mini pebble crushed ice? Yeah, that's like perfect ice. Yeah, you can buy it. So if you don't want to make it, go and buy it from Sonic and throw that bad boy in your freezer for your bramble night. Sweet. We don't even need to go on tips now. That's I awesome. Know. Yeah, that is a good tip. Sonic's not close to where I live, but... Needless to say, if I was near a Sonic, well, I'd be knocking on their door. Well, if you don't live by a Sonic like me, get a Lewis bag. Or maybe okay. you got a refrigerator that makes the old crushed ice. That's even fun, huh? No. Yeah. Hey, who knows? All right. So we are going to go chill a low ball glass now. Mm -hmm. All right? Okay. And then we are going to grab our Boston Shaker 28-ounce, 18-ounce, 10-on-10 Boston yeah, Shaker. Yeah, baby. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to add... Two ounces of a London dry gin, yes. a quality London dry gin. Which one did you use, Brad? You know what I used? I used Leva Spirits, that gin from those guys. Yeah, that Alpine gin. Yeah. It is really good because the lemon really pops in that sure. gin. Great, great gin. So just go find a great gin to uh, go in this cocktail. London dry is great because it's citrus forward. Now, you're going to add two ounces to that shaker. Then you're going to grab an ounce of fresh lemon juice. Of course, it's got to be fresh. Yep. And then you're going to do a scant half ounce of simple syrup. What's scant? Yeah. Brad? That's what you're going to say. Let me tell you what scant is. Scant is not quite all the way. So instead Ooh. of it being a full half ounce, you're just under a half ounce. Okay. So just under a half ounce. And the reason that we're doing this is that Brad sells, Dick Bradsell, who is the inventor of this cocktail, and we'll talk about that next. <laughs> his original recipe was in milliliters. And if you want to go oh. get milliliters, that's cool. We'll post that recipe up in the podcast description underneath uh, the recipe I'm about to give you. So I just converted this so it would work using fluid ounces. So a scant half ounce of simple syrup. All right, and then you're going to put that in, also all that's in your shaker, you're going to add a lot of ice in the other side of that shaker. You're going to slap that baby together and you are going to shake it and shake it and shake it until it's too cold to hold, right? Okay. So yeah. you pop that shaker apart 
You're going to strain this into your low ball glass that has crushed ice in it. Mm-hmm. And as you're straining it in there, you know, it's going to kind of come up to the top and some of that crushed ice is going to melt. That's cool. Yeah. Then you're going to add more crushed ice and you're going to make a mound, almost like a snow cone or like a volcano. Kind of like a mint julep, right? A little bit. That's right. And so you are going to then take a scant three-quarter ounce. (laughs) What's scant mean, Brad? It means less than three-quarters, but not a half ounce. It's a little bit below three-quarters. So you're going to take that and you're going to drizzle that over the top. I suggest drizzling it quickly because if you go too slow, it runs down the side of the jigger and then onto your table. So kind of drizzle that over the top. And then you're going to place a blackberry and a raspberry. And a shout out to the raspberry because the drink was originally made with raspberries. Ooh. Not raspberry liqueur, but he topped it with a raspberry because he didn't have any blackberries around when he made the drink. <laughs> so, yeah, we've all been there. Nice. So I'm, I'm putting a raspberry on top, just a little shout out to Dick Bradsell, but then also a blackberry because that's what belongs up there. Plus a slice of lemon, like a little lemon wheel. And that goes on the cocktail. It's a beautiful garnish. And that creme de mur is going to start to bleed down through the ice wow. and look so pretty. And it is such a pretty cocktail. And if you really want to go extra steps, a little powdered sugar over your berries. Ooh, that's pretty stop. nice. Bit. Yes. Wow. Okay. So what's funny about that, Brad? I've never made this cocktail right. Ever. Nope. Never. Mm-mm. Wow. You and a lot of people, Jules. Yes. Okay. So I have homework and it is to really make this the right way. Exciting because if you love it, I'm sure I'll really like it. And then, you know what I like? I do like when you always garnish with fruit because then you got a little snack on top. And you know me, I like a snack. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, Brad, my recipe is the dumbed-down version. I'm calling it the Lazy Morning Bramble. I like it. It is taking the flavors of the ingredients in a bramble and just totally flipping it on its head. This is for people who, like me, have clearly never made it the right way, but also maybe want the flavors of a bramble, but you don't have the right ingredients. So here's what I did. It's called the Lazy Morning Bramble, and you'll see why. What you're going to want to do to make my cocktail is you're going to want to get your 10 on 10 shaker 2818, and you're going to want to start building your cocktail. But I know everyone has already done this. You're going to go and take your lowball glass. It's already in the freezer. So I feel like at this point, we're repeating ourselves because everybody knows, everybody knows. So now to build our cocktail, what you're gonna wanna do is take two ounces of gin and I used gray whale gin. Their gin is fantastic, it's delicious. And then you're gonna do like Brad's, an ounce of fresh lemon juice. It has to be fresh. And then I did a half ounce of simple syrup. You could do a scant half ounce if you wanted, just regular old simple syrup. And then this is where we go off script. We're going to do a tablespoon of blackberry jam. Uh-huh. And my aunt just made me fresh blackberry jam. I had that right oh. in the freezer. Oh, no. Oh, it's so good. Like homemade jam, come on. So fantastic. Oh. So homemade. Who, who made that? Who made that? Debbie Zalezi. Oh, Yeah. Man. Yeah. From her blackberries from the garden. Oh, my God. She, oh, she yeah. makes a red sauce. Uh Uh-huh. That is so good. 
everything she makes. She makes homemade pickles. She does her jam. She does homemade ice cream, cherry ice cream. Yeah. Everything she touches turned to gold. And this is one of those. So this, oh, this is probably why this cocktail is so good is because it's a really oh, yeah. good jam. But we're using blackberry. So we're keeping the blackberry essence there in this cocktail. And then we're adding a tablespoon of vanilla yogurt. I like to use the Siggy's yogurt. Okay, all right, it's getting interesting. Yeah. Now here is where it gets a little optional. I started doing this in mine every once in a while if I have it. I like adding a little bit of freshly, 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 this is important, freshly cracked pepper in hey my now. cocktail shaker. I think Whoa. it adds a fun complexity to it. Sounds like it does. Yeah. All right. So you're adding all that into your shaker. You're gonna add in a bunch of ice. You're gonna shake that from one side to the other side. You're gonna make that really, really cold. You're gonna grab out that low ball glass. You're gonna put a thick cube in there. Double strain that bad boy. And then I garnished with fresh mint and a little lemon slice. And you have this lazy morning bramble that tastes Freaking delicious. And Brad, if you can see, I'm almost done with it. It has a really beautiful color to it. Yeah, it does. Isn't that nice? God, it's so refreshing too. I'm looking at that and I bet you that would be good with some crushed ice too. Probably. I would think so. Yes. That's a pretty drink. That's oh fun. God. Yeah. Yeah. So we made yogurt drinks in the past. I can't remember the recipes, but I remember thinking to myself, this is insane. Yeah. This is no way this is going to work. And holy crap, it works. Now, I think you got to have the right yogurt. So Ziggy's, right. I think, is a good one, right? Because mm -hmm. it's that thick, is it like a Greek-style yogurt? It's like an Icelandic, like really oh, yeah, clean yogurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's not that like weird, glossy stuff. No. And the vanilla, their vanilla flavor is like, oh my God, drool. I love it just on its own. It's, <laughs> good. it's so good. Yeah, I love their seriously. vanilla yogurt. And you could use plain Greek if you want like that tart, sour flavor too. But I think the vanilla works really good. Yeah, dude, I am so on this one. This is like this, if I was in some bougie brunch place and yes. I saw this in the menu, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. I'm getting that right there. This looks awesome. I am jonesing for one of those This is right your now. sign. Just start using a little yogurt. A little yogurt goes a long way. Oh, man. You said Dick Bradsaw? Dick Bradsell, the man. Yeah. We're talking about him again. He's back. He's back. Yeah. Let's talk about him. All right. Dick Bradsell, not Bradsaw. Apologies <laughs> for that. I finished my cocktail. That's why. Everything's getting a little loose. But we've heard of him before. We've talked about him. He's a legend. Yeah, he is a legend, and he is 100%, no doubt about it, the inventor of this cocktail. It is uncontested, unlike many drinks in our past. This one's uncontested. Okay. This one, like we just talked about the zombie, that was uncontested too. So, Dick Bradsell, if you didn't listen to the episode on the espresso martini from season one, where we talk about one of Dick Bradsell's inventions, mm -hmm. right, creations, the espresso martini, and we talked a little bit about who Dick Bradsell was. Let me hum a few more bars. <laughs> so this guy, legendary bartender from London, and he is my idol. Mm -hmm. This guy is who I would aspire to be as a bartender. He was a cocktail pioneer in the 80s. 
because he brought back fresh ingredients and the idea that bartending could be a career. Yeah. Before that, there was like career bartenders who came from the early 1900s Mm -hmm. and through Prohibition. And those guys that went out into Europe because Prohibition shut down drinking here and they went out to Europe, opened up different bars. Those guys were legendary career bartenders too. But then something happened after World War II and bartending kind of became a lost art. And it was more of like just a guy or gal in some cases that just slung drinks in some seedy, crappy little place that was full of flies, fruit flies, and their sticky little hands were (laughs) Mm -hmm. making blended scotch drinks and everything was contained and there was no fresh juices anymore. And bartending just sucked. And we were in literally what is called the dark ages of cocktails. Sad time. And that went all the way through the 70s. Okay. So Dick Bradsell was a bit of a rebel and he's like, hey man, I am bringing bartending back. And so his style was, and by the way, he died in 2016, but he lives on. And when you go to a a nice cocktail bar or anytime you've even experienced somebody who's an extremely professional bartender, Mm they can thank Dick Bradsell for what he brought forward. Because he brought forward impeccable service, mm-hmm. professionalism, style. So not just in the kinds of drinks that he made and the way he made drinks, but also in his appearance. Ooh. He was put together a well-dressed bartender That's who awesome. wasn't afraid to wear a nice overcoat or a sport jacket over a shirt or even like a tuxedo. Like this guy, this guy is what you would think of when you think of like high-end bartender who just knew how to listen, knew how to talk back to you, not in a bad way, just knew how to have a conversation with you. Sure. And knew how to keep a secret, right? He knew all the dirty little secrets from around town and kept those things to himself and did not sell out any of his customers, which is also why we don't truly know who the inspiration was for the espresso martini. Right. Yeah. Go back and listen to that episode if you want to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's a good episode. All right. So he brought back style. He brought back service. He also brought back fresh juice. The concept of using fresh ingredients was just lost. It was like we got into canning and prepackaged goods and being able to bottle stuff and have it sit on a shelf with some like, you know, stabilizers. And that is what the world of bartending became, which is kind of why bartending started to suck and maybe even why Tiki started to suck, right? Because it just right. wasn't good anymore. You get heartburn. It just didn't taste good. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have fresh ingredients, I mean, what's the point? Right. I mean, anybody can drink a drink made right. from juice out of a can, but how much better that drink tastes when that juice is fresh is it's night and day. So if you're this first time you're listening to the art of drinking, yeah, fresh juice matters. Like yeah. if you see anybody who is worth their salt bartending on any of these Instagrams or TikToks or whatever, if they're not using fresh juice, don't watch them. Like, seriously, stop watching. If they're using Rosie's lime instead of like actual lime juice, stop. If it's not fresh, we don't want I it. I don't want it. Yeah. That's right. All right. So the guy also brought back experimentation. Also copious amounts of ice. That was another thing he was, he was a big believer in. Also crucial. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, ice wasn't a big thing back then, especially over in London. So he brought the cocktail out of the dark ages. And really, I would also say he kicked off the martini craze because he was just, he had a love affair, Mm -hmm. right? With the martini glass. And he tried to make all kinds of different martinis. Like me with the coupe. (laughs) 
Yeah, totally, yeah. right? Like you with the coop. So espresso martini, all kinds of different drinks he was making. Okay, so here's how the story goes about the Bramble. So it's 1984 and he's the bar manager at Fred's Club in Soho. Now, Soho is an area of London that is located, if you're familiar with London geography, and if you're not, you can use these as points of reference. So it's located between Chinatown and Piccadilly Circus, mm -hmm. Oxford Circus, and Tottenham Court Road stations. All of these are places that I have been and before I really got into the legacy of cocktails and I can't tell you how sorry I am I wasn't in the same headspace, cocktail headspace I Aww. am today back then when I was going through Paris and London on the regular. Oh man, so sad. I mean, I looked up where we stayed for a trip, you know, years ago and I'm like, holy crap, it's down the street yeah. from the Savoy. Damn, we've all been there. I was in Scotland. I didn't try any scotch. Oh, that's, I mean, that's just kind of like, if you're in Scotland, you got to try scotch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I was like, like not into <laughs> alcohol. I was like, whatever. Well, you know what? I mean, if you're not into alcohol, you're not listening to this show. Right, <laughs> right. We can all grow yeah. and evolve. We can. So that was the deal. And by the way, London's cocktail scene is for real. Literally for insane. Real. Yeah, they have a London, if anybody's ever wanting to visit, go in October. They have, and anybody can purchase these tickets, they have a London Cocktail Week where all these bars participate. You get a wristband and you get to go and visit all these cool bars and taste all these cool cocktails. It's, from what I understand, Brad and I have yet to go and it is on our list, but we've heard it's freaking insane and so fun. Yeah, if anybody out there feels like super generous and wants to send us to Please. Cocktail Week in London, uh, you'll be my best friend. Yeah, oh my God, a remote art of drinking podcast in London Cocktail Week. I've been kind of peppering those guys to the, the organizers of Cocktail Week to say, hey, look, why don't you come on the show? Let's do it. And I got like a response and then it like disappeared, I'm I sure know. because they're busy or like, what is this? You know? Yeah, one day, Brad, one day. One day, and then I'll be like, no, I don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'll totally go. Yeah, yeah. I love London. It's one of my favorite cities. Okay, what are we talking about? London, the birthplace of the Bramble. That's Soho, right? Yes. Now, Soho was, uh, or that's where Soho is. Now, what Soho was is, Soho was a kind of a seedy area, right? Like it was okay. really well known for sex, drugs, rock and roll, music, film, arts, clubs. And it's, it's much different today. Mm -hmm. It's totally bougie and upscale. That's Back so then it was like Madison Square Garden yeah. was, you know, in New York when New York was super scary. Right. All right, now Fred's Club was a club in London and this is where Dick Bradsell worked. And that was the ultimate members club. Like it was really the original members club for young people. And this is according to Dick Bradsell. Owner Fred Taylor really was driven to fill the club with the right kind of people. And so he went for high profile members like MC Kinky and Boy George and Nina Cherry and Susie and the Banshees and Aztec Camera and Naomi Campbell, right? Ooh. And so those are punk rock bands, rock bands, Boy George. We all know who Boy George is from the 80s. Come, 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 Fred's was a deal, and naturally they specialized in cocktails thanks to Dick Bradsell, right? 
Fred's always had fresh lemon juice on hand. And of course they had gin on hand and being a popular spot, vendors would often try to get them to try different things and bring their different flavors and, and things that they're selling into the bar. And so this one importer called Cave de Vici, which is out of France, they produced liqueurs in wine bottles and it was creme de cassis, frambois, which is raspberry, creme de mûre, and some other different flavors. And so this importer keeps coming back and coming back and insisting that Dick try these different flavors. And eventually Brad still tries the creme de mûre and was immediately in love. Dick Bradsell calls it the moment he tried the creme de mûre was his Madeline moment. And mm -hmm. if you know what Madeline is, a Madeline moment is, it is an involuntary reaction to something that draws a memory back from your past. Ooh, like okay. it's like we've all had them, right? You smell something, you taste something, you hear a song or something, and it just boom, you just go right back to a moment that reminds you of your past. And I love those moments. Yeah. So this was Dick's moment. And he recalled his youth on the Isle of Wight. And he was blackberrying, which is, Aww. you know, he's going to pick berries. Right. And he would fight his way through the thorny branches of the blackberry bush. And he said that at carnival time in the Isle of Wight, you could see all of these kids with cuts and scrapes all over them and like That's dark funny. purple stains from the berries. So he was like, boom, I love this. I've got to make a cocktail with it. So he wanted to make a British cocktail, but like, you know, simple syrup and lemons aren't exactly British, but blackberries absolutely are. Yeah. So he took this basic sour recipe and smashed it kind of with the idea of a cobbler. And so he put like a creme de mure liqueur in there, over crushed ice, shook it up, and actually, the first time he made it, he didn't put it on crushed ice. He put it in a martini glass, Ooh. tried it, and he's like, this doesn't work. So then he added the crushed ice, changed glasses to his favorite glass, which yeah. is a lowball glass. And he made it again, and boom, like this thing worked out great. And so he shaped the ice like a little volcano. He put a raspberry on top because he didn't have any blackberries, a slice of lemon, and boom, it was off to the races. Now, the interesting thing about the crushed ice is you talk about going over to Sonic to get crushed ice. They didn't have crushed ice at Fred's bar. They didn't have but, Sonic, yeah. Well, they didn't have Sonic either. <laughs> but they shared a kitchen with a seafood restaurant next door. And that seafood restaurant would put oysters on the half shell. And of course, what do oysters go on? Mm -hmm. Crushed ice. So he went over to the ice machine because why would you grab the oyster ice? Like gross, yeah. why would you, you wouldn't do that? That's nuts. <laughs> so he yeah. goes over to the ice machine, grabs that, and that's the ice that he used. And that just happened to be handy and just happened to be the exact thing that this cocktail needed. Now, how it got its name is that, again, he added blackberry because it reminded him of him growing up. And blackberries have thorny branches. Uh -huh. And blackberry bushes are called brambles, brambles of berries. Yes. So that is where the name oh, bramble comes from. Cute. This modern classic, and it is 100% a modern classic, is underappreciated in yes. the world of cocktails. And that is wholly because people cannot get their hands on this creme de mure, or it just isn't popular enough yet that there's a demand for it. Right. So honestly, go to your liquor store, say, bring this stuff in. We need creme de mure because this cocktail, I'm telling you, you make it the right way, it's going to blow your mind.
Well, Brad, this kind of segues into our tip, which is going to be if you want to make it homemade, here's a way you can. However, I will say recommend buying it first so you know what it tastes like. But this could be a fun little, you know, if you're running low or you want to make some homemade, it's fun. So I kind of got a recipe. So that's our tip. All right. Let's hit let's, it. Let's get over to the tips. Okay. We are going to make our own homemade creme de mur. And it's actually, Brad, it's not as hard as you would think, but you are using an ingredient you wouldn't think. And that ingredient is red wine. It's a couple steps, but truly, we've made simple syrups before. We've made infused alcohol before. So we're taking those practices and we're putting them together, essentially. So to walk you through a homemade creme de mur, here's what you're going to need. You're going to need approximately five cups of fresh blackberries. Okay, and I think, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just, can I just yeah. inject something right yeah. here? So you said five cups. If I'm going to the grocery store, it's like, okay, I'm going to go buy some blackberries. Like how many ounces of blackberries do I need? That works out to be about 20 ounces, just so you know. Yeah, and I think a package is what, like six? I don't know. Well, it depends. Six to eight. Sometimes yeah, they come in a big, yeah. So no, that's a good call out. But yeah, about five cups, give or take. I mean, hey, I'm always one to add a little bit more or if I don't, if I just am under, just freaking go Not for me. it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But yeah, five cups. And then you're going to need a full bottle of red wine for this. You can use a red blend, Pinot Noir, something like that, something a, a medium body red. And then you're going to need a cup and a half of sugar and a cup of vodka. And I've actually seen people make this with gin. They said it made it a little bit more interesting to make it with gin because gin obviously has more flavor. So if you're at an advanced level, kind of maybe do it with gin or do it with vodka. It's up to you. But essentially what you're going to want to do with your freshly clean, padded, dry blackberries is you're going to add those to a large container and you're going to mash them together to almost create like blackberry juices, a blackberry paste. You can also do this easily by blending it a couple of times in a blender. And from there, you're not going to strain. You're actually going to add in the red wine to that and you're going to let that sit. Put a some paper towel or wrap it up. Just make sure nothing can get into it. But you're going to let that sit in a cool, dark place. I'm impatient. I always say for something like this, you can, you can do six hours if you're in a rush. But truly, the longer, the better. So if, if you can do a full day, if you could do two to three days, that rocks. Yeah. So for sure, you want to cover it because of fruit flies. Yes, exactly. And the, and the sugars, yeah. So do that. And then... Once that has sat, you're gonna now you're gonna strain. You're gonna strain that. You'll just have the liquid. Here's where we kind of come back to our roots. Okay. You're gonna take that liquid, put it in a saucepan, grab your sugar, put that on a medium low heat, and you're gonna stir that until the sugar dissolves. But it is important to not let it boil. Because we're using red wine, there's alcohol that will burn off the alcohol. You do not want that. You essentially just want to heat it enough for the sugar to dissolve. So I say a medium-low heat, and that should take about, I don't know, five to eight minutes. Once that's done, set it aside, let it cool, let it come to room temperature, and from there, you're going to add that into an airtight container. I think there's some really good brands out there I think Crew Supply has a really cool bottle that would be perfect for this. The, the bottom comes out, so you can pour it in there. Get a bottle, 
Pour that in there, and then you're going to pour in your cup of vodka or gin. Give that a little upside down, right side up, a couple of times, mix it together, and you'll have your creme de mure. So it's it's really not that difficult, but it, it's definitely a, a process with the red wine and the blackberries. But once you've got that, it's just kind of a no-brainer. That sounds awesome. Right? Especially if you're yeah. using like fresh, I mean, I love making things homemade. And, and again, taste what creme de mure tastes like on its own and then make your own so you can kind of taste test and maybe you like it a little bit sweeter. Maybe you want it a little bit more with alcohol. So just, or maybe you want to change the wine that you're using. So again, kind of play with it. See what you're liking based on creme de mure that you can go out and buy yourself that you truly enjoy if you want to match that. But there you go. We'll have the recipe on the website, but I don't know, Brad, not too bad, right? Dude, I'm, well, so for starters, like, if I'm a poo bear when it comes to honey, I am definitely a berry bear too. Like yes. I love the berries. Yes. So this sounds good. I yeah. am all over this. I'm totally going to go make this. I could see Brad's uh, bar now just with like all these mad scientist bottles and labels. Totally. Yeah. It would look like Don Beach's bar right yes. back in the, the beach corner with all these little concoctions labeled and you know, yeah. numbered secrecy. Yeah, but there you go. Homemade creme de mure. So you know what? Can't say you don't have it because you can make it yourself. Yeah, that's right. Go get yourself some or go make yourself some. But this cocktail, I'm telling you folks, you owe it to yourself to uh, make it. And by God, Jules, your cocktail sounds so freaking It's good. Good. It's good. I am definitely making that yeah. over a brunch because we like to make brunch here too. Yeah. Two really good cocktails, Brad. So we're going to, we have a good weekend ahead of us. Oh, God. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, then let's get out of here. All righty. (laughs) Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Don't worry, we will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjewels.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at The Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at Join Jewels or at Favorite Uncle Brad. That's me, also on the Insta. And hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jewels Cocktail Club, and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up. This is a Red Rock Music Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jewels and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.